Shalom and hello again. Tonight we're in a very unusual setting. Uh, behind me you can make out uh, not our normal bookcase but uh, a tremendous oil painting and that is the miracle at Pentecost uh, 124 foot oil painting of that miracle and over the next uh, three shows and you be sure to watch and tell your friends to watch we're going to look at it in detail and at the matter of Pentecost the beginning of the church age Tonight, however, we want to squeeze a show in front of it, and so uh, as we brought our cameras to this place, we decided uh, to put this show in because we have something coming up that may mark the end of the church age, and we don't want to be guilty of not telling you about it. The hot war that's going on as we do this filming between Iraq and Iran is uh, apt to be a part of what we call the coming Russian invasion of Israel what uh, Ezekiel calls the invasion of Gog and Magog. We've kept you posted right along with the regular shows on this matter. And as we film this one, it may take time to go around our whole circuit and, and be seen in all 50 states. But uh, uh, by the time it gets out there, I don't know, maybe this war will be resolved in some way. But I will predict this, that resolution of this war will cooperate with Russia's plans for expansion. Uh, to that end, tonight our book offer has to do with three books. If you can read three books, I think that you'll get this situation pretty pat. Uh, the Middle East is getting to be a very, very complicated area. And if you just read the news magazines and what the unbeliever has to say, uh, you won't get a picture of God's plan. Uh, I'm afraid the unbeliever finds uh, what's going on incomprehensible. The scriptures are very clear. Um, the three books are, first of all, the Cairo Connection, which shows the role of Egypt, which is very important. Egypt will exist in the kingdom. It existed at the time, of course, that God called Abraham forth, and it's the world's oldest uh, nation, although it's uh, changed its uh, culture and its religions and so on many times. The role it plays is always as opposed to Israel. At the moment, it's at peace with Israel, which is very interesting. And the book, The Cairo Connection, takes off from that point. The efforts of uh, President Sadat to make peace and the alliances with Egypt. Egypt uh, has strangely, and it, I say strangely because you couldn't have predicted it a few years ago, uh, become a base for uh, American operations in the Middle East. Uh, our friend, Israel's friend, uh, as friendly as they can be. And uh, uh, together the uh, Egypt and Israel alliance will figure in the coming Russian invasion of Israel. And that's the title of the second book, just that, The Coming Russian Invasion of Israel, which I wrote with uh, Dr. Thomas McCall. That became something of a standard work of prophecy. Uh, a complete explanation of Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39, in which the prophet showed that uh, there would be the invasion from the north, in marking the end times, marking, I think, the beginning of the tribulation period, and that that uh, nation is Russia, uh, no annotators doubt, and that we are seeing Russia move toward Israel right at this time, at least believers are aware. This book will give you the scriptures, the proofs to show uh, the truth of it all to those who need to know. The third book is the Mideast Peace Puzzle, and this has to do with the alliances of the various nations. Everybody seems to be jockeying for position. Uh, we can see uh, Libya siding with Iran just a couple of weeks ago as we do this filming. Uh, of uh, Syria hastily making a friendship treaty with the Russians because they see the Russians coming. 
of Iran and Iraq starting to shoot, of Russia, of course, swallowing up Afghanistan not long ago. Uh, everybody is allying and getting set for an upcoming explosion. The Mideast Peace Puzzle is a book that explains the juxtaposition of the various nations and leaders as, as best as we could. I wrote that one with Hilton Sutton, who's a, a wonderful analyst of prophecy. And uh, uh, together we tried to reason out how the, uh, the future picture will look. So the Cairo connection, the coming Russian invasion of Israel, and the Mideast Peace Puzzle. You can just uh, write to us and ask for the three books. Uh, I don't expect you to remember all these titles, but the three books at uh, Box 12268, Dallas, Texas, 75225. We'll ask you for a donation of $15 to cover the cost of the three books and the postage and the handling and so on. And I don't think you could go to the bookstores and get these three books for that price, including gas and your time and trouble and so on. We'll deliver them right to your mailbox, but we do need $15 uh, this time. And, and uh, it helps us pay for the show, too, of course. But uh, I, I, think, I think you really should, if you haven't written for a book offer before to this show, write for this one. Uh, this isn't something theoretical. This is something that's happening right under our noses and something uh, about which we need to be informed. Now, if we're coming to the end of the church age, the church had better know about it and also those that uh, are not a part of the church because a choice has to be made pretty quickly here. I'm going to deal with two maps tonight to explain this contention. The first one that you see here is, of course, the whole Eastern Hemisphere, the continent of uh, Asia, showing uh, Russia here. Uh, as it now extends. You know, Russia was once about this size. It was once a little circle. In fact, I'll put that on there in good Russian red, and uh, we'll see that it, it was a little state. Oh, it looked something like that. And it extended outward in all this time until it has taken over uh, enormous amounts of territories uh, to the east all the way to Korea, for example, uh, communism itself has spread to China, naturally, although the Chinese and Russians aren't exactly friends about it. Uh, it's clear that the uh, doctrine has, has gone there. To Vietnam, where we fought so long and hard. Like in Korea, only that time we lost. And the Russians have occupied and taken that. Another expansion that was very successful for the Russians was the one into Eastern Europe, over to the Berlin Wall and the boundary with Western Europe. And of course, that was done the same way the Middle East is going to be done. Russia loves conflict and loves to liberate people from conflict, as they would explain it. And they do what I call uh, perpetual liberation. When Russia liberates you, they stay there and make sure you're liberated. And so uh, Poland and Hungary and Czechoslovakia and Latvia, the country where my father was born, and so many other nations were uh, so-called liberated by the Russians, and the Russians have stayed, and they've been liberated since 1945. And of course, I mean, they've been occupied. Now, where would the next expansion logically go? Well, uh, over the North Pole is a pretty tough road to hoe. Uh, that would go into the ice and so on. And, but uh, inevitably that'll happen. As you pass the North Pole and keep going north, you'll come to Canada and finally the United States. And our turn is coming in Russian thinking. I don't think they're going to get here because they're going to be stopped when they try to invade Israel. 
but our turn would be coming. I think the next expansion is the arrow that's missing in this direction, very logically through the Middle East with the various targets of the oil fields that the United States is dependent on, Africa down here, and of course the prime target of the Middle East, Israel, the most advanced nation. Just as East Germany was the prize of Eastern Europe when Russia took it, so Israel would be the prize of the Middle East, the advanced technological country. Now, we're going to go to another map to detail the Middle East to appreciate the force of this arrow, which is the one that's in progress right now. And the portion on the next map that we're going to be looking at is the old Persian Empire, which, if I could draw it on here, will look about like this. So we'll go to a map including just this portion, and put this in your mind so you understand. Iran is here, Iraq is here, we're going to focus on those two. Here is Afghanistan, uh, Pakistan is over here, uh, Syria and then Israel will be on our left. So we'll go now to that map, and I think we'll see as we look at the detail how logical is the Russian progress uh, down from the mainland through the Middle East and onward to Africa. Here's our map now with Israel here, and Syria, and the area of Iraq, and all this is Iran, and here's Afghanistan, and uh, part of Pakistan is showing up. Here is Russia. First, and a, a very interesting thing to look at is uh, the relative size of nations. Folks don't uh, always appreciate when you read about Israel what it's like in comparison to the other nations. Uh, let's draw Israel's boundary here. That's about it. It actually pinches inward here. Properly the West Bank, this uh, area in here is Israeli occupied. So that's Israel. Now let me draw the boundary of Iran for you, for example, just to show a comparison of relative size. You're going to think I'm kidding. some idea of the relative size of Iran and Israel. So when you read in a news magazine that so many nations are uh, having a quibble or having a peace covenant or whatever they're having, uh, uh, know that they're not like equal size American states or something, but sometimes it's giants and, and uh, uh, the little miniature nations that are, that are having their, their troubles together. Now, let's draw, oh, I meant to draw also Iraq so that we could focus on Iran and Iraq since that's where the trouble is. Iraq looks uh, something like this, smaller than Iran, and bordering on the oil fields down here uh, that the United States is very interested in in Saudi Arabia. And of course, there are plenty of oil fields too in Iraq and in Iran. And here's where the fight presently is. Now, the Russian plan I think is, is very simple to understand. It's been underway, so we can see it happening. Here is Russia over here, and also sticking down over here, and here is Afghanistan, and so far the arrow that we had on the big map has come through Afghanistan, which is now Russia. Let me repeat that so you understand. It's Russia. It says Russia, 
as Poland is Russia or Czechoslovakia is Russia. We still use the old name, but it just might as well be Russian. It's a country now operating under the red flag. And they've come that far with that arrow that we had coming toward the Middle East and into Africa. What will the progress be? Well, the conflict situation between Iran and Iraq. It's mighty peculiar it should happen at just such a time as this. Iran is the American ally, but how can we agree with Iran with the Ayatollah, with the hostage situation? When the hostages were taken in Iran, that cut off uh, American-Iranian relations, and why not? It, it just had to be done that way. So no spare parts, so no good relations, so a freezing of Iranian funds, and uh, uh, in America, and the Iranians have to turn to their uh, good neighbor Russia, who will be glad to help out. I think Russia is telling the Ayatollah right now, you ought to have all of Persia, you ought to really be Persia again. And let me draw you the old Persian Empire the way Ezekiel saw it, because you know, in Ezekiel 38, uh, uh, verse 5, we find that Persia is one of the allies of Russia in this invasion. Well, to draw all Persia, uh, people think it was just Iran, because uh, Iran was the name given to Persia with, as in modern times. But really, the whole empire looked more like this. It followed the boundary roughly out here to the Mediterranean. It even included the Holy Land, came back across the top, the fertile part of the Middle Eastern Crescent, and all that Oh, and including Afghanistan and Pakistan, all that, let's say where I've shaded this in, was the Persian Empire as Ezekiel saw Persia. So we can appreciate that to make Persia an ally, you need to cultivate more than just Iran. But Russia may be telling the Ayatollah, that Persia once included Israel, and they're going to go and get Israel for him. Maybe they're saying, you rightfully own it. Why should you put up with the Israelis being there? The Dome of the Rock is there. It's a Muslim shrine, and so forth. And that may be their excuse to ally with Iran. At the same time, they, they may be telling Iraq, who is their ally already, uh, who, who fly MiG airplanes and use AK-47 uh, Russian automatic rifles, uh, they may be telling them, uh, we can help you whip Iran and be the power of the Persian Empire. Who knows what they're telling them behind the scenes. But the plan is real simple. A schoolboy could figure this one out. The arrow will inevitably progress to Iran. It will inevitably progress to Iraq. When the peace covenant is made, the Russian will be there to help with it, like he was there in Eastern Europe like he was there uh, in Africa, like he was there in all those territories that Russia expanded to, uh, North Korea, uh, all of Vietnam, uh, all of China. And of course, again, communism has taken hold in China and become the ideology of the nations. The Russians haven't exactly taken China, but they've done the important first step. They've gotten their ideas into the place and gotten the place politically aligned ideologically with Russia. And the arrow will finally continue to the next nation over, which is Syria. And then it's time for the Russian invasion of Israel. Now, as I say, this couldn't uh, happen 
imminently. It probably wouldn't happen this week because this arrow isn't very complete yet. Really, the Russians are only in Afghanistan at this point. This uh, Iran-Iraq conflict is probably in the talking stage. And this end run to Israel is, has got to join a pincher effect coming down in this direction from the north because Ezekiel said the invasion of Israel will come from the north. So there are the Russians coming. Other allies, if we put them on uh, uh, to the map, is very logical. Libya, which is off the map to this side, uh, to the west, would come this way across the peninsula, the Sinai Peninsula, and across Egypt. Ethiopia, also given as an ally in Ezekiel 38.5, comes from the south. Tagarma is this area of Russia and some of this and is included, I think, in both of these effects. Both arrows from the north. So it makes a very logical invasion of Israel and one that would be very hard for any nation to repel, except that the Russian is going to his doom. Actually, the Russian invasion of Israel will be a terrible tragedy for Russia. They have no comprehension of, first off, the nuclear power of Israel, and secondly, the power of the God of Israel. You see, the Israelis don't think the way we do about nuclear weapons. They do not fear retaliation. They only have about 70 miles of arable land here. They don't care if the Russians try to hit it uh, from Russia. If the Russians send a conventional army to Israel, Israel will respond by pushing the red button. Now, we wouldn't do that. We say we don't want the retaliation. We don't want to lose New York and Chicago and Los Angeles and Washington to the Russians to have Moscow and Leningrad and so forth. Uh, well, true enough. Uh, the Israelis don't have as much to lose, number one. Number two, they have no place else to go. The Jewish people simply haven't been made welcome anyplace else, and they are staying where they are now. And that will involve, if necessary, the world's first thermonuclear response to an invasion. Uh, thirdly, the book of Amos clearly says that when God puts his people back in their land, right at the end of the book of Amos, you can read it in the last few verses, when I place them there, I will not remove them again. So God has spoken on the matter. And so the Russians are going to come without a comprehension that the Israelis truly will use nuclear weapons. They'll fire in these directions and they will vanquish these allies. And other people around the world may suffer from this. Ezekiel 39.6 says, that fire will fall on those who dwell carelessly in the isles, that is, on the continents uh, across the sea. The word in uh, uh, Hebrew for isles is the same as we would say continents, uh, distant nations across the seas, which is how the Israelis viewed the other nations. Um, uh, the whole world will feel it. Well, it's, it's, it's terribly important that we understand what I'm calling an end run here is sort of American slang or a flanking action uh, uh, is, is already in progress. This can happen anytime. The Russians have control of all this territory in Tagarma uh, and, and they're ready to come from the north, but they're waiting for their flank from the east to be ready. And we're watching all that happen. What's the Russian idea here? Really, do they hate the Israelis so much? Not really. I, I don't think the Russians hate anybody. They just want their land. 
what is going on is what we would call in simpler terms armed robbery. Uh, I don't think the communist is such a uh, sharing individual at all. I think he steals. Uh, he's stolen Eastern Europe. Let's talk about that. In stealing East Germany, he's taken factories and schools and, and brains of people and uh, workers and farmland and so on, some of the, the finest in Europe, and uh, put a red flag over it and simply stolen it. Uh, if you can get hold of real estate that way, you can really make progress. You know, your home is one of your best investments. It seems to always grow in value. If you've uh, had the means through the years, maybe you've acquired a second house or a piece of property, uh, commercial property or something, and you've noticed it's grown in value too. And you've stopped to think, boy, if I could buy a whole bunch of property, I would just be rich, and, and probably you would be. Uh, now, extend that thinking out to what if you could buy a whole town? Uh, folks uh, still do that, and the old-fashioned Texas town owner still exists here and there, a fellow whose industry is so enormous that, uh, uh, in effect, he owns the town that it's in. Uh, there's jokes about it. It uh, doesn't happen so much anymore. Now, suppose you could buy a country. Well, your power would just be enormous. But the final analysis and the Russian perfection of this whole real estate theory is, suppose you could steal a country and didn't have to pay for it at all. Well, that's what's been going on. Country after country, they just take them. And they take small ones and they take big ones and we sit over here and, and we don't go to their Olympic Games. Well, I don't know if that's hurting their real estate investments or not, but they have taken Afghanistan, they're going to take Iran and Iraq. Now, whether they really need to take them in the sense of Eastern Europe isn't clear. There isn't much here really for them to have. Uh, these are desert countries with some oil. The real oil is down south of this. What I think the Russians are trying to do here to facilitate their expansion is get Israel so that this arrow is complete out to there so that they meet their allies coming in. This is the Russian plan. It won't work, but this is what they have in mind. All of this will be a hub and the whole, the whole line here in control of Russia and then they can hit from every angle, the oil fields here, cutting off American oil. And where will we have bases? If they really have conquered Israel, our only bases that we could see are over here in Egypt. And Libya might have been able to take care of those on its way to Israel. And we'll lose these oil fields. And this is probably the real target. Once the oil fields are gotten, then Africa lies beyond and defenseless. And then we can have that northern arrow we showed on that first map that runs over the North Pole and all the way to America. That's the Russian thinking. It won't work. Uh, the treaties that have been lined up really point to this theory coming out. Syria knows uh, she's in the way. President Assad has quickly made a friendship treaty with Russia because he sees this arrow coming and this arrow has got to inevitably pass through Syria. He's got a weak regime over there. He's not the most popular guy in Syria and he wants some powerful friends to help prop him up. So he's gone to Moscow where he can get some. And that happened only very recently. Libya's joining with Iran, as we said, is to join this arrow at some early point and be all friends when it gets to its real target area here, uh, the Holy Land. The whole armed robbery's coming off pretty good as we watch, as we uh, worry about who will be the leader over here, perhaps the last American president, I don't know. Now, uh, you may ask, uh, when do we come in? Or uh, when do we go out? 
is more like it. For the church, we have nothing to worry about. I think this is at the beginning of the tribulation period. I think the Russian invasion of Israel is a tribulation period event because it uh, uh, says in, in Ezekiel 39 verses 9 to 12 that uh, uh, it takes seven years to burn the weapons that are left from this invasion. Well, that wouldn't be a kingdom event. See, some make this part of Armageddon. I wouldn't do that because then you have seven years of burning weapons while the king is on his throne in Jerusalem. It doesn't make sense that it would come at Armageddon and then stick out seven years into the kingdom. I think it comes at the beginning of the tribulation period. I think it gives the Antichrist his cue. So he can come forward and he can say to Israel, you need protection. You were lucky this time. You beat them off of you with nuclear weapons. They didn't expect that. But there are other enemies out there. There's always the Chinese. There's always the Americans. Who knows how America will act in the tribulation period when the church is gone. Uh, the Antichrist comes forward with a deal Israel can't afford to resist, and they sign up for the seven years. So I think the Russian invasion is at the top of the seven-year tribulation period. I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I think the rapture is before the tribulation period. I find no indication whatever in Scripture that it would be uh, in any way later than that, uh, in the middle or at the end of the tribulation period. And on the contrary, plenty of Scripture, like Revelation 3.10, for example, uh, which promises us will be delivered from the hour of temptation. Paul was waiting for the rapture of the church. He would have been wrong if he had to see the signs of the tribulation first because he didn't see them. We're seeing them. Well, if we're getting out of here very shortly, then today is the day of salvation, as the Bible says. It's not something the church should sit back and gloat about, but something we should act on. If we know the time is short, if we have this kind of evidence, if you believe a theory like this one, and, and I feel pretty confident, and I think you know me if you've watched the show for a while, that I don't go off into wild tangents. But I feel pretty confident this is the Russian plan. I've seen enough of it uh, in Europe and in uh, the Far East to see how it works, and I think it's going to uh, be pulled off again in the Middle East. The reason it won't work is because you can't invade Israel and live to tell about it. Ask any Babylonian or any Roman about that. But uh, uh, since we know about it, let's get out the witness. Let's tell the other people. If they can't believe the scripture, if they can't believe the sacrifice of Christ, perhaps they can believe the army of Russia. Perhaps they can believe oil fields falling. Perhaps they can believe an imminent invasion of the United States of America. And to that end, let's get the information. Uh, the three books that we're offering cover the thing very completely. Uh, the Cairo Connection, the relationship of Egypt and Israel, the coming Russian invasion of Israel, and don't worry, Israel knows about it. Uh, it says right in this book, Israel sees red. And the Mideast peace puzzle, the interrelationship of these nations. All three books, $15 please, uh, so that we can pay for them and send them to you and pay for this show. We really need your donations to keep up with this. The next three shows are very special. Please don't miss these shows that show this marvelous 124-foot painting of the miracle of Pentecost. You'll see what the disciples look like, what Peter looks like, at least in the artist's imagination. And it's a fascinating and very beautiful thing to see, the day the Holy Spirit came. And until then, remember, Sha'alu, Shalom, Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Thank you.
Let's keep 